0: for it. Don't touch me. Why are What's that? What's happening? That was it. In the picture, that was the claw.
1: They're in control. Take them out of
0: here. They're condemned to, to the pits. No.
1: Macra. no. Take them away.
0: They're in control. Oh.
1: and thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Mac. And I'm Caleb. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And today, we are going to be listening to The Makra Terror. The Makra Terror was written by Ian Stewart Black, directed by John Davies, and produced by good old Ainz Lloyd. It aired March 11th, 1967 to April 1st, 1967. And yes, as I alluded to at the end of the last episode, Ian Stewart Black wrote The War Machines and The Savages. So I think this one's going to be pretty good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Uh, I'm excited. I mean, he knows how to write at least one good episode. Yeah. And The Savages wasn't bad. Yeah. Just could have been better. (laughs) It was a solid first draft of an episode yeah <laughs> I think it's a good way of describing savages a solid first draft. <laughs> I was telling Caleb this between recordings, but I watched the uh trailer for the mocker terror animated d v d and it looks really good. I have naively high hopes for this audio episode <laughs> but uh just like with the moon base when i when I eventually get the d v d for mocker terror. I'm going to record them and be like, "Kill, check this shit out. Assuming it's good. If this ends up being your second Doctor equivalent of the Romans, then maybe I won't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there is one piece of trivia that uh, I would like to say now as opposed to later. You might hate this. I don't know. I find it very charming. You might grow to like it. I don't know. Starting with this episode, there is a new title sequence. And the title sequence has the Doctor's face in it, like it's the woo weird uh, visual, and then like a fade in of Patrick Troughton's uh, face comes in, and then and then like disappears, and it's like Doctor Who. That will continue for the
0: rest of Classic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I was just thinking the other day, when is the when is the intro sequence going to change? When are we going to get a yeah. new one? Not that I hate the Doctor Who intro sequence, but I was wondering
1: when is it going to be different. The theme song always stays the same. It gets a little bit more synth during the 80s, but the theme song always always stays the same. But uh, the visual of the doctor being on screen is going to be a thing throughout classic.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, I will have to prepare for that because obviously I won't see it this time, but I will see it eventually. <laughs> I, will, I will give you thoughts on it then.
1: Uh, the next one is a DVD, so you'll see it
0: you then. Okay, great. Uh, Follow up question: mm-hmm. It is the late 1960s. When the fuck is this show gonna switch to color?
1: Would you like the a- actual date of when the first colored
0: episode aired? Nah, just 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 give me a ballpark because I, I I want it to be a surprise for me. But like, give me... do you want do you want like the the year? What or... are we in right now? We're in 1968,
1: 67, seven,
0: 1970. Oh god, I got three more years of this shit.
1: I will say this. Well, hmm. nah, that's too much of a spoiler. Although I will say this, we will be in color by the end of the year. Like, this year. Okay. Okay. I tell a lie. The start of next year. (laughs) (laughs) We will end black and white this year. (laughs) We will end black and white this year. That I I can assure
0: you. (laughs) Okay, fine.
1: But Caleb, uh, given everything you know about Doctor Who, and given the title, The Macra Terror, and the ending of the last episode, what do you think this episode's going to be
0: about? How do you spell Macra?
1: M-A-C-R-A.
0: When I hear Macra, all I can think of is the Macarena, so I'm gonna say this is a lizard group of people who are also very musically inclined and their music is so good, it's hypnotic and they forced the travelers to do the Macarena to death Okay, look
1: (laughs) You didn't get it all right (laughs) (laughs) There are some things you got right, though (laughs)
0: I'm not saying they do the mud to death, but I am saying this is Polly and Ben's exit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: <laughs> I wasn't looking forward to this one, and then I watched the trailer. I'm like, ah, oh, this one's gonna be good. So I'm eager to actually listen to it. So with that, we will see you all in the future. Let's get going. <laughs> And we're back. May have just been a couple seconds for you, but it was two weeks for us. And what a journey. It felt like two weeks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It felt like two months.
1: Yeah. I started a show, which means that my time was cut down to two-sevenths of its original size. (laughs) And then I got COVID. You got fucking COVID. You have fucking COVID. (laughs) Yep, still got it. (laughs) So, uh... If it seems a little bit low energy today, that's why.
0: Oh, it's going to be great.
1: Which which is a genuine shame because I fucking loved this episode and I am excited to talk about it.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm excited to talk about it too. I think it's going to be plenty high energy. You might just hear me sniffling and Mac will probably have to edit out, edit out me hacking up a lung.
1: Every time it's just like a really, really, really long coughing fit, I'll just add the short TARDIS noise.
0: No, no, no. What you should do to make it thematic is add that fucking annoying ass macra sound. <laughs> Anytime macra get brought it up in this episode, there's like this annoying.
1: Did we listen to the same one? Because
0: I genuinely cannot remember that noise. I mean, we listened to the same thing on uh, Apple Books, right? Yeah. Mac, there is no way you do not remember that sound.
1: You were talking to me, and, I was, and you were like, oh, man, the noises are f- are just annoying the shit out of me. And I was like, I mean, there's the alarm in episode one that kind of annoyed me, but other than that, I don't really remember a whole lot of annoying noises.
0: Oh, my—okay. god! Uh, okay Uh, I'm officially the expert on this episode because, uh, I've listened to it twice now. You did listen to it twice, yes. Yeah, because, like, I told Mac that, and he was like, really, I don't remember it being that annoying. I was like, was I just in a shitty mood when I listened to this episode? So I listened to it again, and no, the noises are fucking irritating. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) They gave the sound effects guy too much freedom in this episode. They're like, you know what, just do what you gotta do. And he's like, oh, I know what I gotta do. This guy was getting paid per sound.
1: <laughs> Probably. I love this episode and I'm genuinely excited to like, I'm going to try to buy the DVD as soon as I can so I can rewatch it. I guess I'll keep an ear out for annoying <laughs> mocker sounds. I don't know. <laughs> They're giant crabs. What kind of sounds could they have possibly made? Well,
0: it's it's, it's, not even, it's not even like, it's not like the sounds they make, but it's like their theme music.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Because, like, anytime they get mentioned, this, like, weird, like, high-pitched ma ma, 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 ma ma sound comes on, and it's super obnoxious. There's a specific part I'm going to reference, and there's absolutely no way you do not remember it.
1: All right. I may, Maybe it's somewhere in my notes I do make a note of it, but I don't remember it. But uh, let, me, let me see if there's any, like, pre-talk about. Okay, so John Davies, the director... Aynes Lloyd gave him one single note. There's one note moving forward. Make it frightening. And I think he succeeded. (laughs) Yeah. In my personal opinion.
0: For a sci fi TV show in the 60s? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's always the context, Caleb. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. But I don't know. That episode of Andy Griffith where the house is haunted is pretty fucking spooky. I've never watched a single episode of Andy Griffith. (laughs)
1: All right. This is an Andy Griffith podcast now. The Macra, Macra, they call it Macra, but my name is Mac and it feels weird saying that, so I'm going to call them Macra. The Macra were originally going to be giant spiders, and then that was changed to insects, uh, and then that was changed again to crabs. Uh, However, unfortunately, the decision to go from insects to crabs was made after all the scripts were sent out, uh, so there are still a couple of lines that refer to them as insects, even though they are clearly giant crabs.
0: (laughs) Interesting. So it went from
1: spiders to bugs to sea spiders. Basically. They did only have one macro prop, and uh, it was a huge fucker that was basically made out of, like, uh, paper mache. (laughs) None of their trucks were big enough to actually hold it, to get it to the studio, so they had to tie it to the top of someone's van and just drive through London <laughs> with a giant crab on top of it, which is hilarious. I agree. That is funny. Uh,
0: but yeah, let's go ahead and dive right in. Dive right in with my stunning description of episode one. Now, before I get into it, these descriptions are a little longer than my typical, like, eight to ten sentences, but and I usually do that because I don't remember that much about the audio. And, uh, I just, based off the TARDIS wiki, there's actually just a lot to say in these episodes. Quite a bit goes on. Yeah. Episode 1. The episode begins with a band prepping for some kind of festival. You want to remember these guys because they're really fucking annoying the whole time. <laughs> a man named the pilot compliments the band director Barney, but the rehearsal is interrupted when a man named Medoc bursts out onto the scene and tries to escape the colony. The TARDIS materializes outside the colony and they are terrified when they see a claw on the time scanner. They encounter Medoc, but Jamie and Ben hold him down until the colonists arrive to capture him. They are invited to come explore the colony, and there they see a picture of a friendly man named the Controller. Curious about the man Medoc, the doctor slips away to speak with him at the colony's prison, and he mentions creatures he has seen crawling around at night. Medoc escapes and the doctor is reprimanded by the pilot. The travelers are taken to the work pits, where they learn the colonists harvest an important but dangerous gas. The purpose of the gas is kept vague. The doctor tracks down Medoc again to learn about the creatures. He resolves to help the male escape. However, as they crawl down a hatch, Medoc spots one of the crab creatures below them. This episode
1: starts with just this very fancy high society party, and I was like, this is giving me serious Mask of Red Death vibes. And then a crazy person bursts through the door and disrupts their peace. And I was like, hey, look, it is Masquerade for Death.
0: <laughs> when it started like this, like, there was, like, the BAM music playing and so stuff. I should have stopped the episode and, like, double-checked. I was like, wait, am I listening to the right one? Last <laughs> time I remember, there was a big claw on the screen. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're, we're building a world. We're building intrigue. In the most fucking obnoxious way possible. I really cannot emphasize that enough. <laughs>
1: Anytime diegetic music is used in this story it is just the worst just the (laughs) worst in one instance hilariously so but
0: still the worst it's still the worst yeah very much the worst yeah (laughs) and uh it's interesting because like it keeps coming up but i never feel like it's relevant
1: and then travelers capture Medoc, and they're introduced to some characters and uh one of them says, my name is Ola. I am the chief of police. And my note is, I already distrust you. You're already. I already know you're the villain. <laughs> ACAB, every time. Every time. If there is a uh, security officer, there is a police officer. If there is some sort of militia leader in an episode of Doctor Who, nine times out of ten, that's the villain. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned, kids. Never trust the police never trust the police that's basically what my dad raised me to believe <laughs> ever since i was a kid he was like nah i fucking hate cops
0: <laughs> but my dad was a hippie in the 60s so my dad was a cop and vicariously i learned never to trust the police because he would <laughs> just come home and tell me
1: <laughs> we're like five minutes into the uh, actual episode and i'm already like super creeped out by the colony Anytime we're in a utopian society where everything is perfect, I'm like, hmm, hmm, uncomfortable, don't like it.
0: Make it go away. Yeah. No, I thought that, too. Like, once I got over the... Once I accepted that this was the episode and how it started, and there's all this, like, jovial music, and then you go and you see everyone happy, like, we love to work for our colony. I was like, I'm getting a real big, like, we happy few vibes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Speaking of which, this episode was written by ian stewart black and if this isn't just like the perfect fusion of both of his previous stories because his two previous stories were the savages and the war machines
0: ah yeah this is kind of like a combination i guess yeah it is a
1: utopian society that thrives by nefarious means and also the main villains ...are using mind control to control the masses. He just kind of, like, took both of his ideas and just smushed them together.
0: (laughs) Ian Stewart Blank has one script. It's a good script, (laughs) but it is just the one script. (laughs) Every time he has to write a new episode, he just goes through and just crosses out some names... ...and he, like, moves some stuff around. (laughs) I mean,
1: he does only have the one script, it's just we haven't experienced it until now... And previously he just split that one script in half. <laughs> That's that was his <laughs> MO before. And everybody is made to look all neat and tidy. The doctor is put in this machine that like iron instantly irons out his clothes and like combs his hair. And he's like, ugh, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And I was like, same. I understand.
0: <laughs> I was like, yeah, doctor, be a slob. Don't let the man tell you how to dress. <laughs>
1: And then he instantly goes into, like, the slob machine, because then he just, like, goes in and gets his clothes re-wrinkled. He's like, ah, much better. <laughs> like, why do we even have that machine? <laughs>
0: it was really more of a proof of concept.
1: <laughs> and then the doctor goes over to talk to Medoc and he lets him go, and the chief of police is reprimanding the doctor for letting him go, and the doctor says, I let someone go that we, ca- that we caught in the first place. And then a different character says, well, that's a reasonable point of view. And I'm like, is it, though?
0: <laughs> is, is, it? <laughs> it,
1: is it okay if a police officer releases a criminal they caught if they're the one that caught them? I don't feel <laughs> like it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I... No, there's no real way to justify it. It didn't make any sense. No, not really. Um, do we do we actually hear the controller in this episode? I don't remember. Um, I believe so. The controller is hilariously incompetently evil.
1: The controller is Big Brother from 1984.
0: Yeah. But like <laughs> the bad version.
1: <laughs> like No, sorry, pausing. How is the Big Brother from 1984 not bad?
0: No, okay, like, bad at being Big Brother.
1: Okay, okay. This one's less competent. Okay, okay.
0: Yes, yes, that's what I meant by bad. No, no, Big Brother's good, actually. No, Big Brother's good. We
1: should listen to Big Brother. No, we shouldn't. (laughs) Never listen to Big Brother.
0: (laughs) I'll mention this in the next episode when it becomes really relevant, but basically, anytime the controller is brought on to say anything, he just makes everything so suspicious. Yeah. Because uh, they're like, well, Medoc says that he's seen stuff around. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just going to spoil it. In the next episode, they're like, well, let's ask the controller if there's anything. They're like, hey, controller, Medoc says he's seen weird creatures at night. And then the controller just goes, there's no such thing as Macra. Yeah,
1: there's no such thing as Macra. Forget everything you said about the Macra. Well, okay. And I was like, the the term Macra didn't
0: even come up until you said it, controller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I just, wow. I just love that. I love the hilarious incompetence of it and the flagrant evilness. It's amazing that the colony has sustained itself for as long as it has. Because it's the Macra who
1: are speaking, right? Mm-hmm. So I choose to believe that it's just an issue with the translation program that they're using. It's like, hey, he says that he saw some weird creatures. There's no such thing as Macra. Fuck! It was supposed to say weird creatures, but it came out Macra. <laughs> They go down into the work pit and they're shown, oh, look at all these happy workers. They're so happy to be doing work right now. Look at them being happy. And then two of them just fucking collapsed and everyone just kind of ignores them and is expected to just keep on working. And I'm like, what is this, Amazon? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> look, if if it turns out Jeff Bezos either is or is being controlled by giant malicious crab monsters that are trying to control the world will any of us be surprised honestly that's not even the worst case scenario (laughs) not really (laughs) and then i don't remember what the beeping alarm was but it is at this point there was a beeping alarm and i was like can you do me a
0: favor can you shut the fuck up yeah Nope. the beeping alarm uh, is it in this episode where the pilot is like, "Oh yes, we like to use music to indicate everything," and then you hear the fucking choir doing like the elevator music? I don't remember, but yes, that is a thing. That is the thing that happens, and it comes up a lot. And then it's just kind of playing in the background during conversations, and it's super fucking obnoxious. Yeah, they use like they have like a jingle
1: for "Hey, it's time to go to work," or "Hey, it's time to go to bed," and that kind of thing. Like it's
0: creepy. The first time. <laughs> And then it's annoying after that. <laughs> and it keeps playing. And then you're trying to listen to conversations, and you're like all I can listen to is this fucking jingle, and it's driving me crazy. And then the credits started rolling, and
1: I made the note of I suspect this is going to be the best audio story by a wide margin, and that was true. This is definitely the best audio story we've we've had.
0: Yeah, I I would I would attest to that. Um, I really don't have any other notes for this episode. Not me neither. All right, episode two. Medoc is stoked he isn't crazy, but his shouts attract the guards who arrest him. The doctor is brought before the pilot, and the pilot is ready to punish him, but Medoc testifies for the doctor and gets him off the hook. The pilot and the voice of the controllers scheme as to how to deal with the travelers, and it is determined that something will be done to them while they sleep. As the three companions sleep, they hear strange voices as a gas fills their chambers. Jamie keeps waking saying he hears the voices, but Ben tells him it's probably nothing. The doctor intervenes as Polly is being brainwashed and tells her to ignore any thoughts that aren't her own. When he does the same with Ben and Jamie, Ben gets upset and runs off, to, runs off to security. The doctor and Jamie are arrested, and Polly runs off to the construction site. Ben follows her, and they are both attacked by a giant crab-like creature. Ben scares the thing away, and they both return to the colony. When asked about what happened, Ben denies seeing any creature, and the doctor is convinced that he has been brainwashed. After demanding it, the pilot reluctantly shows a live video of the controller, who is much older than his pictures. The man is terrified and confused, and continues looking at something off-screen before being attacked by something with a large claw. Polly screams that the Macra are in control. I'm not entirely
1: convinced that Medoc and the Doctor understand what a conspiracy is. (laughs) Because, like, they've seen the Macra, they know that it's... A conspiracy, and then the guards come after them, and they're like, "Oh, good, the guards are here. We can explain to them about the creature we just saw." Like, guys,
0: I hate to be the one to tell you this, but I don't think the guards are gonna help you. <laughs> the main thr- the main lesson of this episode is never trust the police. Kind of, yeah. That's my main <laughs> takeaway from this episode.
1: And then my next note is Medoc is good people, because like. Both he and the doctor get arrested, and uh, the doctor is going to be, like, tried to the fullest extent of their court. Uh, But then Medoc does his testimony, saying, no, the doctor—the reason the doctor was out there was because he was trying to convince me to come back to the colony. And I was like, good good guy, Medoc. That's solidarity, brother. And then the doctor was let off scot-free, because, oh, well, you were helping the colony? Well, in that case, never mind. Never mind the fact that you were the one that released Medoc in the first place. Never mind that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and then um after that scene the pilot kind of talks to the controller and they're like how are we gonna deal with these new travelers and uh, i don't remember exactly what the controller says but he basically says they're gonna brainwash them yeah and then he ends that monologue with you must forget all you know about macra. there is no such thing as macra.
1: and the people who are already brainwashed are like okay okay whatever you say And then that music starts.
0: You know,
1: it's funny. Ordinarily, I'm in the camp of, oh, we need to stay in order to help these people. But in this specific instance, I'm like, "Mm, nah, let's get out of here. I'm done. (laughs) I draw the line at crab people. And in this episode, even before he gets totally brainwashed by the state, Ben seems strangely on board with staying, and I'm like, Ben, you were the w- you were the one person I was hoping would agree with me. Please, let's go back to the TARDIS.
0: Yeah, I know this is a strange episode. I didn't hear Ben complain about wanting to leave once. I mean, he was brainwashed for three fourths of it, but he was
1: sucking on that good, good government cock for most of it. So
0: yeah, but he's an army boy. What can you expect?
1: I actually have that note. My uh, <laughs> one of my suspicions is. Uh, that Ben is, because he's in the Navy, he's more susceptible to being a follower. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Polly, who I feel has built up a resistance to the mind control due to her experiences with Wotan. And then there's Jamie, who's like, ha you can't brainwash me. My brain cell is moving too fast for you to be able to catch it.
0: <laughs> I know, but he managed to go the whole time without calling it like a ghost or referring to like the Pied Piper or whatever. He's learning. I'm proud of him. I'm
1: proud of him. Like, if he keeps this up, he might even get two brain cells. Jamie actually came
0: out of this whole journey smarter than before. <laughs> yeah, weird how that works.
1: Let's make the note that this entire story feels like the second episode of Keys of Marinus just extended, and
0: I am all here for it. <laughs> Yeah, it does. I'm all for that because that's my favorite episode of Keys of Marinus. Same. But uh, so there's a part where the doctor stops Polly from being brainwashed. And then he goes to help Jamie and Ben. And Ben gets pissed. And he's like, I'm gonna go tell the guards. And then Jamie tries to fight him and stop him. And then the doctor intervenes and stops Jamie. Yeah, Yeah, he pulls Jamie back. and He's like, no, violence isn't the answer. And then Ben runs off and tells the guards.
1: (laughs) Well, I think he's kind of, he's already figured out that Ben's brainwashed and he knows Jamie would knock his fucking jaw off if given half a chance. He's like, eh, "Let's let's not do that because eventually we're going to unbrainwash him." So like he should probably be able to use the left side of his body. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> That's a big if. I don't know. I kind of feel like, yeah, like like I was like, "Yeah, we need to unbrainwash Ben. Let's knock him out for the time being <laughs> and we'll deal with that later. <laughs> let's focus first on not getting arrested." excuse you,
1: Jamie is a proud man of the Clan McCrimmon. He does not know how to hold back. He doesn't just merely knock out. He goes for the kill every time.
0: (laughs) Go for the kill. Yeah. Uh, The moment uh, real violence can happen, Jamie just goes into fucking, like, blood-lust mode. (laughs) Just goes fucking aggro. And then at one point, the doctor says, don't be obedient.
1: Always make up your own mind. And I'm like, I just want that printed on a t-shirt. Like,
0: <laughs> It's good advice in general. That's good life advice, Doctor. Thank you. I, I'm learning so many life lessons watching this show. Right? And then, I, I'd love
1: to know what your opinion is on this note. Uh, because this episode was reminding me a lot about... In terms of Ben and Polly, this episode is reminded me a lot about the War Machines in that one of them is brainwashed and the other isn't. Except, unlike the War Machines, Ben is completely unable to resist... And Polly's not stupid enough to try and escape from the brainwashed one. <laughs> ben has that moment in the War Machines of like, Get out of here, Polly! Even though he, it's, she's clearly trying to make sure that he's still captured. I feel like Polly wouldn't make that mistake this time. I think Polly's a little bit
0: more like, Oh, no, fuck that. I'm out of here. <laughs> yep, she's, she's like, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> and then she does leave, and they almost get killed by a crab monster. And then
1: they do the you didn't see anything moment again, but this time I'm willing to excuse it because Ben is brainwashed. (laughs) It's like, ah, you didn't see a giant crab monster that was bearing down on us in a a ruined building. No,
0: no, you didn't. I'm sure it was just your womanly wiles. It wasn't even like bearing down. Like the crab monster straight up like grabs him by the throat at one point. Does he grab them by the throat? I, I could have sworn that like it grabs one of them and like he has to like beat it off. That was the worst way to phrase that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys. We got to beat off this crab.
1: I know they, like, grab the air quotes controller by the throat
0: at the end, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe they did. I don't know. I could have sworn it was a bit more aggressive than them just seeing it, but maybe not. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. By the way, Ben denies it.
1: Yeah, I I know that they're, like, huddled in, like, this... uh, is it a ruined building? Is it a, construct- a halfway constructed building? I'm not sure, but, like, the Makara, like, I was picturing it as, like, they were trying to, like, eh, eh, yeah, yeah, trying to get at them, but, like, couldn't reach them because,
0: eh, the door is too small. Maybe. Now, now I'm questioning the way I saw the scene. I don't know. I guess we'll find out when we see the animated version. I guess
1: so. And then I have to wonder, why are the Makara attacking them? Like, at all? This seems like a really dumb move on the macro part because it's like you just revealed yourself to multiple people at once. Ben was on his way of taking Polly back to the colony and then they were attacked by the giant crabs.
0: Maybe they were hungry. Maybe a little snack. Maybe. It's not clear what they need to eat, so... I think they just eat the gas, I think. I don't know. I I don't know, we don't see the Makara enough to really get anything explained other than they need the gas to gas.
1: But uh, just in general, I think the the Makara are just doing a wonderful job of convincing the travelers that nothing is wrong. Like, they're doing such a good job at being secret espionage monsters uh, when they show the air quote controller and... Then they reach into the camera shot and choke the life out of him. I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? (laughs) (laughs) Because they, like, demand to see Controller. They demand to see him instead of just this picture. And they're like, okay, give us a minute. And then the video turns on of just, like, this terrified man. It's like, see? There he is. And the man is like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? And then a giant claw comes from off screen and like chokes the life out of him. and like drags him (laughs) kicking and screaming away. And then they're just like, see, nothing's wrong. Like what?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, part of me loves it. I kind of love how fucking flagrantly incompetent the macro are at maintaining control.
1: (laughs) I guess their philosophy is if we control their minds, we don't have to be subtle. I don't think they're that smart. But this video is literally being shown specifically to people who are not in control. Who are not being controlled. So, like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> the micro are just bad at improv, Mac. They just can't do stuff on the spot.
1: That being said, I do kind of like the idea of just, like, a film crew of giant crabs just behind the camera. And, like, one of them has, like, a, a little clipboard and the headset with the mic... And they're like, we're
0: on in five, four, three, two. And then it gets choked and there's a little, there's a crab in like a big director's chair with a little beret. Cut, 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 cut. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's a intern macro in the background just getting everyone coffee and donuts. One day I'll be able to get paid for
0: this. One day. We know your struggle, intern macro.
1: I feel you. Uh.
0: Anyway, uh, all this is to say, I'm done with my notes for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I the one last thing I have to say is Polly ends up with uh, screaming the macra are in control or the macro, whatever they say it. And I just, uh, it's really important that you guys understand that Polly did not have that term until the controller fucking like screeched it over the intercom. <laughs> no one knew what this thing was called until the controller gave away the whole game at the very fucking beginning of this episode. <laughs> There's no such thing as macro. The macro are control. How do you know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's hilariously incompetent i really don't know what else to say about it so i guess i'll move on to episode three yeah right the doctor jamie and polly are ordered to work the pits with ben guarding them me is their shift leader because giving supposed crazy people responsibilities makes sense the doctor tries to talk to ben hoping to break through the brainwashing jamie and me escape while the doctor rambles about some formula or whatever Murak is looking for Jamie, but he is attacked and killed by Macra. Jamie discovers his corpse as well as a weakened Macra near him. Ben is looking for the pilot to inform him of the prisoners' escape, but he can't recall why he let them get away in the first place. The controller orders gas to be redirected to the tunnel, and the doctor realizes the gas is meant to keep something down there alive. As Jamie chokes on the gas, the newly reinvigorated Macra chase him, followed by another.
1: At the beginning the whole team is sent down into the into the mines to work and ben is appointed as their overseer and i'm like pilot i don't want to tell you how to do your job i'm sure it's very stressful i'm sure there's a lot to do uh but maybe have literally anyone other than ben watching over his former friends conflict of interest just in case like exactly what happens happens and they're able to like break through to him And he's no longer useful to you. Just the thought. Maybe have Dave work. Dave's been asking for more of a managerial position for for weeks now. You should let Dave
0: oversee them. And this isn't the only fault the pilot makes in this decision. Because again, Medoc is their shift leader. So they're like, hey, you're going to be guarded by your former friend. And uh, the guy you're going to be working under is uh, the guy you helped escape earlier. (laughs) That's not going to blow up in anyone's face at all.
1: That's my second note.
0: Having literally anyone other than
1: Meadok instructing them might also help. (laughs) And then I said, calling it now, they're going to use the gas to defeat the Makra, probably make it explode or something. I actually don't fully remember. No, that's exactly what happens. Actually, I think one of my notes later is talking about just how hand-wavy the defeat of the Makra is. (laughs) (laughs)
0: We'll get to that.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that in episode four, but...
0: This episode moves along in a steady clip. There isn't really that much to talk about, because there's a lot of back and forth. The only real note I had was the Doctor spends a fucking inordinate amount of time talking about some, like, formula that he's worked out, and he's, like, scratching on the wall, and the pilot's like, erase that, and it does not get fucking brought up again.
1: Not really. I think it's just a matter of the Doctor's figured out how... The Macra and the chemicals and the gas work instantly, even though it took them, like, months to figure it out. I think that's just like a, hey, just so you know, he knows how these gases work, which is gonna come into play when he kills the Macra. Anyway, as you were. (laughs) Spoiler alert, the doctor doesn't kill the Macra. He does not. Also, Medoc Medoc dies when he's in the tunnels with Jamie. And I was sad, because I like Medoc.
0: Yeah, I like Medoc. He was eccentric.
1: He was eccentric and he fought against the man.
0: Yeah. Uh but yes, he is um beat up by a macro. Yep. And then um Jamie sees the corpse and he sees the macro, like really tired next to him basically. Uh murder's exhausting. But it turns out that like they the colony can redirect gas into this tunnel and keep presumably a bunch of macro alive down there. I can't tell if it's their food source or if it's like their the air that they breathe. It seems more like oxygen to me. Or like it's like the air they breathe because when they turn it off they they like immediately get sleepy. Hmm. And I don't know what macro metabolism is like, but I assume you wanna get so hungry you're tired seconds after your food supply is cut off. I don't know. I
1: don't know enough about crabs. <laughs> like that doesn't sound right, but I don't know enough about crabs to argue with them. <laughs>
0: Oh my god! I cannot wait to talk about the next episode because that's when it gets off the fucking rails. Well, then let's go ahead and start because that's basically all I got. Yeah, basically they're they're trapped, they're in prison most of this episode, and then it ends with them getting away mostly, and quabs I do want to say the one thing though,
1: I think both the audio and the animated version are like really beneficial to this story because I'm sure the macro looked like
0: absolute ass. Oh, I'm sure it did. I mean, I would pay money to actually see, like, the original, but not because I think it would be good, because I think it would be hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine a lot of the animated episodes really benefit from being animated. Like, The Power of the Daleks, that episode probably looked like shit. Probably, yeah. But anyway, episode four. The doctor plays with some doodads and gets oxygen in the tunnel. As Jamie is about to be torn apart, the ac- the oxygen makes the Makra all sleepy, and he gets away. Polly and the Doctor go deeper into the mines to try and escape. Jamie escapes the tunnel and finds himself in the middle of the band practice. Remember those guys? He is quickly found by the guards and arrested. The Doctor and Polly find the Controller's office and see two Makra there. With proof of the Macra in control, I keep saying it differently. They resolve to bring the pilot here to prove it. When the pilot is shown the room, he swears to kill the Macra. However, they are all arrested and taken to a pipe room, which is pumped with a toxic gas. Ben throws a lever and there's a big explosion. Time skipped to the big celebration and the doctor and his companions are dancing. Someone gives the doctor a new hat because of course they fucking did. When the doctor learns the colony wants him to be the new pilot, he yeets himself into the TARDIS for another adventure. He literally does yeet himself. <laughs> he does. Literally yeets himself. They're like, we want you to be our new leader, and he's like, no, and then leaves. He's <laughs> like,
1: Blue's good do, We can too. <laughs> there's a there's a line near the beginning. The doctor turns to Polly and says, "Come along, Polly. There's no need to be afraid." At least I think there's not a reason to be afraid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I really like that line.
0: I really love the new doctor's um, kind of like not self doubt, but he questions a lot of like the safety and because he says lines like that all the time. Yeah. Whereas Hartnell was always like, oh, my dear child, there's nothing to be afraid of. This one's like, ah, we might get killed, but... (laughs) We might fucking die. Have you seen how big those crabs are? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, my first big note comes when they find the literal fucking control office that literally has two giant crabs in there, like, maniacally clacked in, being like, this is our master plan. We will get the gas to breathe. (laughs) At least, I don't know. That's a, it has big South Park Crab People vibes.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to re-watch that episode because you mentioned the South Park Crab People and I do not remember that episode.
0: <laughs> well, for all the South Park fans listening, I'm sure there's a lot of you, you know what I'm talking about. It's, ba- it's basically that. If you want the episode summarized, it's the Crab People episode of South Park.
1: See, I just kept having that scene from Finding Nemo going through my head. Where it's like those ti- two tiny little crabs are like grabbing at tiny little um, microbes in the runoff from the pipe. And then anytime someone gets closer, there's like, Hey, 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 hey. hey alright, <laughs> alright. Hey. Yeah. Mac and I had a meme war about crabs <laughs> in our chat leading up to this. At one point, big meaty claws were mentioned.
0: Big meaty, meaty claws. claws.
1: Uh, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I love the narration here because we cut down to Jamie down in the tunnels And he says, Jamie puts his ear to the door and is baffled by what he hears. And then it's like a minute and a half long cheer about how happy everyone is to obey. And I'm like, I'm also baffled by what Jamie hears.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cringe and annoying. And again, we've heard these guys on and off like the whole time, but... (laughs) It, every time they get brought up, it's horrible. But now we
1: get to now we get to hear them in rehearsal.
0: Hooray. When I was writing the description for this, I was referencing the TARDIS wiki. And I don't remember this part, but it says that like when he goes out, they think that Jamie is like a new dancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I'm going to show you something called the Highland Fling. And it sounds like he just like basically jumps through a window. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that that is exactly what happens. <laughs> At least that's what he tries to do. <laughs> and then gets arrested immediately. But then the the callback later is, all right, let's take a note out of Jamie's book and do the Highland fling, and, like, they throw themselves out the, de- the door so they don't have to take responsibility. <laughs> uh, my next note is, it's still going. <laughs> this cheer is still
0: going. <laughs> yeah, it's a... And yet, Mac doesn't understand when I say the sound effects uh and like all the audio stuff is really annoying in this episode well of
1: course that part's annoying those people those people are annoying what i'm not understanding is like what you're talking about with the the macro theme i guess Uh, mac there's no way you do not remember the mac i do not remember it so i guess i'll have to listen to it a second time too (laughs) i guess i'm just not as big of a doctor who fan as you are because i only listen to it once
0: oh yes i'm a raving doctor who fan don't you know (laughs) So, after they see the Makra in, like, their fucking office, the Doctor and Polly bring the pilot there to prove they're real, even though the pilot also saw the video where the Makra killed the controller. (laughs) Maybe it's now that he sees the whole thing, because he's like, well, that claw could have been anything. That was just a shitty papier-mâché prop. I don't know what you're
1: talking about. (laughs) yeah that, that I didn't really understand that either because the doctor and Polly's plan was to bring the pilot to the macro but we've seen brainwashed people deny the macro exist even when they've seen them firsthand. so I'm not sure why they think this will work because like Ben denied the macro existed and Ben's been brainwashed for like a day. The pilot's been here for years. yeah, presumably years. That being said, he does see the Macra, and he's like, oh my god, we've been lied to! I'm like, were you not brainwashed? Were you just, like, (laughs) really willing to just
0: go along with it, because fuck it? I don't know, but it, it it didn't make any sense. But he does see them, he decides that he's gonna kill them, and then Ola, the security officer, or, like, the chief of police or whatever, arrests all of them, because, again, ACAB, the moral of the story is, don't trust the police. Yes. And then they all get taken to what I can only describe as a gas chamber.
1: I kind of viewed it as just like a broom closet, like a supply closet that also just so happens to have a gas vent in there.
0: <laughs> That's what I was picturing in my head. <laughs> but anyways, they get taken to this, uh, they call it pipe room on the TARDIS wiki, but I'm going to call it a gas chamber. Uh, so they get taken to the broom closet gas chamber and then just, a bunch of gas starts getting pumped into the room and uh ben is outside of it still still a little brainwashed not entirely starting to break free at this point point. and uh he's like oh i could throw this lever and uh stop the gas flow and then the macro are like no there's no such thing as macro if you do that all the macro and humans will die except the macro because they're not real <laughs> and then he throws the lever and then okay this <laughs> this is the worst part of the episode in my view he flips the switch. There's a big explosion, and then it just fucking skips forward in time, presumably several days, <laughs> yeah, and they're all singing and dancing and celebrating,
1: yeah, that's that's also my biggest issue with this story is like the macro tell him not to flip the lever. And he's like, "Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me and uh and he flips the lever and then just like white out, fade back in. oh, look, we're at a party. All right. Was there no like big mass panic because everyone suddenly came back to their senses? What happened to the chief
0: of police? Is he just cool now? Wh- what why w- They want the doctor to be the new pilot. Did the pilot not survive the gas chamber while everyone else did? did the pilot dies, the pilot stepping down because he's a aff- because
1: he's ashamed of the stuff that he helped uh, instigate in the society. Like, all these questions could have been answered, but... but they didn't have enough time, because it was very important that we got the entire cheer in there, Caleb. We had to fit the entire cheer in the episode, and also Jamie's dance routine. Otherwise, the episode wouldn't make sense, so we had to cut out all the political ramifications of the macro being killed. Like, that stuff... that stuff's on the cutting room floor. But that cheer, man that cheer but that cheer it was it's
0: right there and yeah (laughs) i guarantee you uh i guarantee you in the rewrite stage like all right fourth episode's too long i think we need to cut the celebration thing and kind of like talk about you know what's gonna happen and ian stewart black was just like no i've referenced the cheer in the party the whole time the party is gonna happen at the end of this episode (laughs) So yeah, it's very, it's, for a show that takes so long to explain everything, having, like, this, like, abrupt ending is super jarring. It's very jarring. And to be clear, like, the, from Ben flipping the switch and the explosion, and then the end of the party is, like, two minutes. Tops. Absolute tops. He flips the switch, explosion, there's
1: a little bit of dancing, and then, doctor gets a new hat. Ben comes over and says, Hey, I heard on the Grapevine that they're gonna uh that they want to name you the new pilot, and they're like, nah, fuck that.
0: Screw responsibility, and then they leave. That's it. That's the ending. Yeah, <laughs> it's It's super jarring. Um, and then when they're like, the doctor gets a new hat, and he always loves a new hat, I was like, God fucking damn it, we can't go one adventure without some fucking hat being referenced. I was about to say, I think he's gotten a new hat in every single episode,
1: but I don't think he got one in the moon base. Did he? I don't remember.
0: I don't know. I, n- now now headcanon-wise, I'm just going to imagine him wearing a, like a space helmet the whole time. <laughs> Alright, well that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. Final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts are... Crab people. <laughs> crab, crab people. <laughs> um, I really, really liked it. Uh, I agree it's the best audio drama. I think I like The Power of the Daleks more.
1: And I understand. I understand why you think that. Because I was debating back and forth which one I liked more, and I ultimately put Macra Terror above Power of Daleks. I was not expecting Power of Daleks to be dethroned this quickly, but I can I can definitely see like on a different day and in a different mood, Power of the Daleks would top Macra Terror. It's it's gonna right now. It's kind of on the same spot as Keys of Marinus and uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth, where it's like uh, they're so close. Sometimes mm-hmm. there might be a. Uh, they might switch, like, temporarily. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but you know, it's really good. Don't let Max, uh, poor memory fool you. The noises are really annoying in this episode, and that's one of the biggest detriments to it. But if you can ignore all that, it's pretty good. I have very few
1: notes about this story, which is always a good sign. The main one is the fact that the ending is so rushed. Mm-hmm. And... It was such a high quality throughout the entire story, and if I feel that way about the audio version, I cannot wait to watch the animated version. Agreed. I feel like once once we watch the animated version, that's when I'm going to be like, okay, now it's definitely at the top. You know, we've been talking
0: for almost an hour. It feels like we haven't been. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, I felt like we rushed through to this. And I was like, this is gonna be a short episode, but yeah. Damn, it has been an hour, hasn't it? Yeah, it fe- it feels like it's a shorter episode, but it's not, and I think that's a good thing. No, I think so too. I mean, like, it just shows how excited we were to talk about it, you know? Yeah, very true. And when it went cool quickly for us. Hopefully it goes quickly in a good way for you. <laughs> in a good way, yes. Well that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is give us five stars and tell your friends about it. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all the major podcast things. If you like the show and you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at QuickTripDW, and you can follow Mac and I specifically at MacTheMeh and at CLB underscore Clark. Also, be sure to check out Mac's YouTube channel, where, also called MacTheMeh, where he does insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time, which
1: we... Oh thank god finally get to watch a full story in The Faceless Ones. Ooh. <laughs>
0: ready oh i'm ready
1: and nope that's the that's the other (laughs) intro okay